welcome to the Boss Ladies Podcast. I'm Olivia Wary, and as a young female working in the industry of technology, I'm constantly struggling to find my voice and overcome challenges thrown my way. I've decided to have conversations with boss ladies in every industry to hear how they do it. Boss Ladies is intended to inspire women and men of all ages to overcome their fears, explore moonshot thinking, speak up for who they are and what they believe in, and move up in their respective industries. Every day we are faced with challenges, so it is my intention to empower you to get the advice you need by interviewing top executives who have been through it all. Dan Storms is a consumer-obsessed product leader in New York City. He leads the product team at Updater, who makes moving easier for the 17 million households that relocate every year in the U.S. Previously, he was VP of Product Guest at The Knot, where he helped couples navigate their wedding journey. He also led the product and design teams at Originate, working with a broad range of companies, including a home services marketplace, an insurance modeling application, a social network, and an iPad-based e-commerce platform. He is an active member of the New York startup community, having worked at an early stage startup that was in the first Techstars New York class. Dan graduated from Cornell University with a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science. Welcome today, Dan. We could not be more excited to have you as the first male speaker on Boss Ladies. Why don't you start by telling me a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Sure. I'm really excited to be here, Olivia. This is so cool. I was born outside of San Francisco, but I grew up in Connecticut. I I flew when I was one month old and and, uh, I cried the whole way, I was told. So (laughs) I guess uh, I was was made to be in tech. Um, (laughs) My dad worked in business development at a chemical company and... and, uh, has, has been a, a great mentor to me, as well as my mom, who started her own business. She was a real estate appraiser. And I got to watch her through that journey, run her own business and make all the decisions. And actually, I was really involved in that. I was like the IT guy when I was in school and helped her out. And, and I was really so impressed with the way that she actually ran all of that. And and, and, uh, and so she was kind of the original boss lady for me in my career. <laughs> I love and then, that. And then from there, I went to Cornell and I uh, learned a whole bunch and, and finally got a job in 2002 at uh, J.P. Morgan. So uh, right after the dot-com bubble, I, I uh, decided to come to New York, and, and I'm really happy I did. This has been an amazing place for me. At J.P. Morgan, uh, I had this great experience. I got to live in London. I got to live in Hong Kong and travel all over the world and manage a team in India. So I've kind of done this whole international thing, and that's been a really important part of my background and my career and, and the way that I think about people and empathizing with people and that kind of thing. After that, I, I joined a, a super early stage startup in New York, and uh, we were in the first class of Techstars that was in New York, and David Cohen, who founded Techstars, is this amazing mentor to all of these really great entrepreneurs across the country, and he was an investor in our company, and, and the, the big thing that we learned from him was this give first mentality that he brought to Techstars. That was just like this powerful concept and something that I've tried to live since really getting to know him and and seeing that uh, that work so well, and I try to I try to follow through with that as, as best as I can. So I think about that in the context of mentorship and advice and just putting in extra time to help people. From there, I, I uh, you know, that company, that startup didn't turn into the next Facebook. So, you know, <laughs> I looked for the next job and, and found a company called Originate that uh, was this really great company that helps other companies launch new digital products. So it's a consulting company. Uh, I led the product design teams there. That was uh, a really great experience. And, uh, and I got really deep into product management while I was there in the craft of product management. And so I wanted to double down on that. And so I looked around for most of a year. I interviewed for a really long time and tried to try to find the right fit and um, found XO Group. So shared the values that I had. And, and that was something that I was really looking for, particularly at that time in my career. And, and 
was so excited to have found that, but it was also a real true product company. And so I worked for a guy named Brent Turetsky, who was a mentor of mine and, and helped me become really like the next level of product management in my career. And now I work at, uh, at Updater and we're uh, a startup, a Series D startup that helps people who are moving, households who are moving. We make moving easier for, for millions of people across the country. And uh, we're, we're, you know, we're on a good trajectory and I'm excited to see where things go. The team's amazing and, uh, and the future is really, really exciting here for us. So what do you consider when choosing a new job? I mean, you've had this awesome career, kind of jumped around a little bit. What's important to you? You know, when I reflect on my career, which is still very much in flight. So I'm not, you know, it's like a funny thing to look back in. But what I've learned so far, I think early on, I was not that purposeful in my career. I got excited about things. I wanted to learn new stuff. And so I, I moved from one thing to another. And more recently, I've been more clear about what I wanted to get out of the next job, how that led into a broader career goal for myself that I have, and how that job itself can actually like help unlock the next phase of that what are the things that I needed to actually make that transition? So to be more specific, now I've set a goal for myself of I want to be known as one of the top 10 product people in New York City. And this is this feels like this, especially when I launched this goal for myself, right? It felt like this really, really lofty thing and, and, and really far and ambitious, but that's the kind of goal that you want to have, right? And it is, I could look at a few other people and say, yeah, like they're not that different from me. I can be, I can be something like that. But I liked that. And then, I said that actually to my boss, who was, was Brent Tereski at the time. And he was like, okay, great. I can help you with that. And he was like, <laughs> he was super excited about it, actually. It was really, really neat to, to, to see that. And I was like, oh, that's how you sort of manage your mentor, right? You help them understand what your goals are, what the specific thing is. And, and they will then guide you on what moves you need to make. And so he helped me understand a framework for how to think about careers. Okay, if you go this direction, then... It you know it might make you a really great product person, but you won't be known as one of the best product people in New York. So if that's really important, then you should probably want to go more in this direction, more of a consumer product, for example, in my case. And so that was really clear. So I started narrowing down the criteria of what I should do next, and Updater was a really great fit. And so that was was very purposeful for my career. This made sense. And there's lots of other reasons that I'm excited about Updater in particular, of course, but the tying it to my career journey, it's a really, really clear. If this works really well, you know, a large portion of America that moves will use our product and be really happy with that and will make their lives better. And I can then be the person that says, yeah, I helped bring this to the world. I love that. And so as, you know, the VP of product here at Updater, when managing your team, what's important to you? One of the most important things, maybe the most important thing in terms of managing is that people are coachable, right? And so when you hire, you're looking for your intelligence, right? Then particularly in product management, just raw intelligence is very important. You're also looking for some experience and some ability and that kind of thing. But we test for this a little bit. And then, and then as employees, I really look for this really deeply is, are you able to be coached into growth, right? And so disciplines like product management, we think of as a craft. And so you don't come in the door knowing everything, right? And it's very hard to go to school or something like this. So therefore, you need to learn it. And to learn it, you need to be able to, you need to be coachable. And so the, the responses that I get when people, when we get, when they get advice and how do they take that advice, that, that really actually matters more than how you do day to day, right? So it's okay to make mistakes, but you have to learn from them and you have to be willing to be coached. And so the people that I've liked working with and I'm trying to bring on board with me here are, are the ones that I feel like are really, really coachable and, and eager to learn 
and open-minded about learning. And they're then able to make that transition to the next phase. And, and all that together makes it so that their career trajectory is much faster, right? They're able to grow much faster than if, um, if they're sort of just learning from trial and error on their own. You're the first man on <laughs> Boss Ladies. All right. Yes. <laughs> So I'm curious to hear, you know, like, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see women face in the workplace? Yeah, great question. Well, first, I would just say, like, I'm super honored to be asked to do this and be <laughs> the first man on this on this really cool podcast that you've started. I've listened to all the episodes and I've learned a lot myself. The sort of unstated part of my career trajectory here is that I, I believe that helping other people is really important and getting into being a male ally is really important. And so some, that's a, that's a term that I learned and I really resonated with me. And so first off, like if I could walk out of here helping other men in this space and think about this space. So first off, just think of yourselves as a male ally. Like that was a, that's an important concept for me. And that term, you know, I am an ally for, for underrepresented people of all kinds, right? That's really important, right? So, okay, now as an ally, what do I do? Right? Like that's a, that's a, that's a helpful mental framing. And then biggest challenge is, you know, it's really you and all the other people that you're interviewing are so much better placed to, to answer that question, of course, than I am. And so I'm, you know, I'm trying to listen and learn as best as I can. I, I suppose I can signal a couple of things that I've, that I've kind of picked up on and heard people say. Um, the first one is, is it's super clear to me that, that sexism and harassment are a major issue in our society. And I've seen some of this firsthand and, and, um, and so that's part of why I decided to be so vocal about this in my, in my time. I've been on a couple of panels for this kind of thing. For example, you know, the Me Too movement, I think, has been really terrific at helping open, helping open up the fact that that's a real issue. The, I do have a point of view that there's sort of another layer of this that's going to be unpacked where it's not quite as overt as some of the things we've heard about in the past. But it's, it's this general pervasive sense of sexism that, that um, that needs to be solved. And I very much hope that people continue to be vocal about it. And we work our way through that because it's just, it's just like, to me, it's pretty black and white, right and wrong. And I'd like us to do better as a society. So, so working our way through that, like those, those, those subtle harassment moments that are often brushed off, brushed off as misunderstandings. I think that's really, really, really important. And, uh, and, you know, I have a daughter and I'd like to think that in the future, she won't have to deal with that nearly as much as, as the people that I know who have had to. And so hopefully in the next 10 or 20 years, we we have a dramatic change in, in the way that women are perceived in the workplace, the way that they are interacted with, um, the way that they're trusted. And yeah, this is just like, it's so important, right? I just can't overstate how, how clear it is to me. And then hopefully it's really, really clear to other people as well. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up as a point, you know, in some of my previous conversations, it's easy to get caught up in sort of like the day-to-day work environment and sort of, it's easy to brush that off as yeah. a topic in your mind, but it is super important and it is something that should be talked about more. So it's great as a male ally to hear that coming from you. Yeah. And so as a male ally, you know, what do you, what do you think other men can do in the workplace to be better allies? So, yeah, I would point at, I guess, three main things. So one is just generally to be empathetic with everyone that you work with. And so this, for me, this really got hammered home. Actually, I'll tell a story about a, a woman that I worked with who, when we were working on The Knot, 
we were having all these conversations with Uber sort of in the in, before everything kind of kicked off with with Uber. Oh wow! And and so we were super excited. It's a great brand. It's like clearly taking over the world. We were going to have we were going to establish this partnership and then basically help people travel more safely to and from weddings. And I just thought this was an amazing thing that we could bring bring, bring to the world. And I was control of the products that actually could make this happen, right? Like I had this large market share. So so it was really this clear partnership that we, we thought made a lot of sense for everybody. And then all of a sudden, you know, Uber got, gets exposed for Rival's bad behavior. And the marketing partner that I was working with, she did this amazing thing where we were we had to tell them we didn't want to work with, with them. And, you know, I didn't really know how she would deliver this message. And, and so I sort of sat back and, and, and let her take the lead on it. And instead of saying, hey you guys totally screwed up, you know, your company is this like bad company and you're bad people and all this other stuff that, that I feel like the press was kind of painting this broad brush of this company as really bad. Mm-hmm. Instead, what she said was, hey, like the way your brand is being perceived right now does not fit with our brand. And, and the NAS brand is very much about women empowerment and 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 everyone is like able to get married and, and everyone is able to have a happy, healthy marriage and, and relationship. And so your brand isn't fitting with our brand. And and so therefore we like, it doesn't make sense for us to work together right now, but she didn't accuse the two guys that we were talking with of anything really bad. And so they were just like, we totally get it. Like that's, we know that we're working through that. And, uh, and, and hopefully we get a chance to work together again in the future. And so she left the door open for a, uh, a kind of healthy, positive relationship in the future. And I was like, wow, that was such an empathetic way to heal, handle that. Cause like, imagine those guys, you know, hopefully, right. They're sitting there reeling from this same situation trying to trying to make it better right i give them the benefit of the doubt and she treated them as such and and um and i was really really impressed by that and so being empathetic i think is really important uh the second one is just be a mentor right and so so be there for people that that do need that uh, extra coaching or extra advice to to, to grow and so I've, I've put a lot of time into this and then my like one tip is go get coffee, right? Like, so a lot of guys are like, oh, let's get together for a drink. And that's sort of this classic thing. And, and it's sort of, you know, I don't know how big this is, but it's, it's helped me feel really comfortable and sit that to sit down with a woman and just say, okay, great. Let's have this healthy conversation over coffee. And then it's like, there's never a chance that it's misconstrued. And, you know, I just feel like that situation avoids any possible misunderstanding. And I don't think that anything will happen, but like, <laughs> it's nice to be, you know, safe all around. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of the objective It's just, there's never, a, you're, you're, you're in a situation where it's much less likely that there's any misunderstanding. And, and, you know, like I was saying before, in general, things are bad enough that like, it's worth a little bit more thought. Right. And so for me, one of the things that I do is I just go get coffee and that's simpler. Uh, the third one is, um, is really, I try and understand how to use, uh, what I call like systems to break down unconscious bias. And so there's lots of research around this that, that, that we're pulling on to, to do this. And so the more objective that you can be in terms of evaluating candidates, the, the better off you'll be. And so um, when, we're, when we're interviewing, for example, we have very clear hiring criteria and we have a series of questions that we ask or a series of exercises that we run that make it as objective as possible to evaluate the candidate. And, um, and, and, and as a result, you're, you're looking at this, you know, hundred candidates and you're saying, okay, this person is the best possible fit based on this criteria. And if you know the, like this, this, the money ball story with Billy beans is a good example of that, right? Like <laughs> I had never connected the dots between that actually, which is like, he's simply writing out objective criteria of what, what this, these baseball players should look like. Right. Yeah. Wait, and, give us some context on Billy bean. Um, so Billy bean was the, um, was the manager of the Oakland A's, right? And and had a hypothesis that if I create a team 
of people who satisfy the criteria that we're looking for. I can craft the best possible team at a lower cost than everybody else. And therefore, I can have a better team, right? And, and Moneyball, the book and then the movie, tell, tells the story of, of how he did this and how it works so well. And then subsequently, he changed the industry because now everybody does the same thing, right? And so I like the idea of connecting that because it's like, that's probably kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to craft the best possible team with as objective as possible criteria. And on average, that should level the playing field and get, get more really high quality, qualified people that don't look exactly like the the sort of what your system one recognizes as as like oh these are this is normally what I think of when I think of a product manager this is normally what I think of when I think of an engineer right if you, if you're focused more on the objective criteria as a result you can avoid that unconscious bias or even frankly conscious bias right like you can avoid the bias entirely right like and and work your way into a much more objective criteria that gives you the opportunity to say this person is the best fit for the role based on how we've defined the role. Now, the hard work of that, interestingly, is you have to define the role really clearly. You have to, you have to, you have to define that criteria really clearly. And so as a manager, you're responsible for taking on that work. And it's like extra work and our jobs are hard, of course, right? But it's clearly worth it, right? And the more that I've, I, you know, I have a small sample here, but I've definitely hired more women when I've thought in this more direct, clear, objective way. That's awesome. So you sort of demonstrated, sort of outlined some of your, some ways that men can be better allies. And, you know, I'd love to hear sort of an example in practice of a time that you supported a female colleague. Yeah. So, so there, uh, there are, I have some stories here, but the, some of them aren't mine to tell. So I will, I will actually, um, I'll focus on one, but, but, um, but there are other stories that I, that, you know, that I, would love someday for your listeners to hear, but but um, like I said, they're not mine to tell. The one the one that that, that does I think have a happy ending uh, is um, there's a friend of mine worked at this company, and he had this employee who was a woman who was sort of new to product management, and the company didn't have uh, at the time a, a strong product leader, so there was nobody to train this person. So he asked me to meet with her every month or two and just have a coffee, right, and and try and help her help her grow and learn. And, uh, and so I started doing that and we got along great and, and we continued this mentorship relationship and it was really, it was a really positive thing all around. And it was interesting because I kind of did it as a favor to my friend, but I was, you know, because I was already kind of open to the idea of, of this mentorship relationship, it ended up working out really well. I got to know the company really well. Turned out this person works at Updater and this, that was the company. And so when I then wanted to go apply for the job of head of product of the company, I, um, I knew the company really well. I knew the people I'd already established before with like my most important partner. And that helped me, helped me get the job for sure. And, and also I know that the product manager who works for me right now is very well trained, right? Cause I was the person that trained her over the last few years. And so that, that was a really nice sort of connection that ended up happening. And I actually give my friends some credit because it wouldn't have occurred to me for someone to have their boss go and ask someone else for men to, to help them mentor. Right. And so he did a really nice job saying, okay, this is what this person needs. I can't, as a manager, I can't deliver it. And so let me reach out to my network and figure out how, how this person can get what they need. And so that's something I'm, I want to do more of myself, which is, okay, great. For the things that I, I'm not the best possible person, who are the mentors that I can, I, how can I open up my network to, to help those people get what it is that they need uh, to grow in their careers and sort of use my influence with my network to actually get my employees growing faster and growing, growing, growing better because 
I've, I've like actually asked those people for favors, right? Like I should be able to do that. I should be willing to do that. Like my, my friends did it with me and, and it was great and I was super happy to do it. And so the, um, it's real work, but it's, um, it, it ended up being worth it for me in the end. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a great story of you mentoring a woman. And I would love to hear a little bit about some women who have mentored you throughout your career. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had a number. I've had some partners who were, who were women that, you know, my computer science partner at Cornell was, was a woman and she was super smart. She works at MIT now. She's like, she was a great person for me to be collaborating with and learning from. Otherwise, um, I'll, I'll mention a couple. So when I was at JP Morgan, I worked in a department that was run by a woman who was on the executive team. Her name is Ina, Ina Drew. And I worked there for almost eight years. And so what I, what, what I really liked, you know, the name of your podcast is Boss Lady. So she was definitely a boss lady, right? <laughs> through and through. She was, she was someone who everyone clearly looked to and was like, that woman is in charge. She knows what she's doing and she's taking us somewhere. And it was really, I was really impressed by that. This was very young, early in my career. I was right out of college. And so I went and worked for her for, and I worked there for a long time, right? Like I'm like a startup guy, but I worked at JP Morgan for eight years, and partly <laughs> because of her, right? her leadership, her, her ability to, um, to actually uh, build out this team. And there was a lot of people that worked there because of her and, and, and that executive level that she was on at, at this really great company was really cool. So that was one. Another one is um, at Exo Group, where, where, where I worked on the knot. The, the CFO there, her name is Jillian Munson, and uh, she's clearly the most strategic CFO I'd ever seen. So a lot of CFOs are sort of like accountants, right? And so she was, she's a very strategic person, and she's a really great networker. So she knew you know, everybody in tech in, in New York. I was really impressed by that. And, and she also actually knew the VCs for a company that we were trying to acquire. And so she was able to help like negotiate the deal. And I was just like, whoa, this person is way beyond anyone I'd interacted with. And so as a, as a leader, she, she was someone who could step into any room and, and everyone looked up to her and respected her. And, and she used the, her abilities there in her network to get like outsized returns, you know, for the company. And that was really impressive. The, only, the last person I'll mention is, uh, is someone I'm working with now. Her name is Lindsay Dole. She's the head of people here at Updater. And uh, she previously ran the people team at Tumblr. And she's just this incredible person um, who, uh, as a company, has done an amazing job setting culture here and building that out and, and raising the bar and the quality of people we have. And she also helped me understand the difference between a head of people and a head of HR. Right? So HR is reactive and people is proactive. And so I really like that distinction. And, and so I've seen her uh, put that in place and, and she's helping me think more proactively about my team and my employees and, and how I help them more. And, um, and I've, I've, I've learned a lot there. Awesome. So as I mentioned to you, actually, before we started recording, you know, this, this podcast really is about career development and we all face challenges throughout our career but the best thing we can do is really learn from them and ha- learn from how we handle them. So can you tell me about a time that you overcame a challenge in your career? Yeah, there, there've been so many. It's hard to pick. <laughs> um, the, um, the one that I think I'll, I'll share here is, you know, when I worked in consulting, I, I led this project for a really well-known consumer brand. And so I was really excited about this because it seemed like an opportunity. I was starting to get inklings of this is the kind of space that I wanted to work in. And so I I was like really sinking my teeth into this thing. And, and I wanted to make this like a pivot point in my career. I, I saw this as a key opportunity. We, we worked on this. We worked super hard. The team did an amazing job. 
we launched this new app. It did really well. My mom saw a TV commercial on it and she like texted me and was like so excited. And I was like, I'm doing it. It's happening. Right. <laughs> and then some political drama with our company and their company, all kinds of stuff happened. It's not really worth getting into the details of it, but uh, I basically got fired from the project. And the result, it was like a really, it was a blow to me because I had put so much into this opportunity as, as something that I thought was going to like really make a difference in my career. And, and, you know, of course, at the time, I didn't think it was fair and I was, I was being singled out and also their stuff. Right. And 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 so I wallowed in it for a little bit. I talked to a few people. What was what was interesting was we had developed some techniques in terms of the way we ran this that were actually pretty interesting and insightful, sort of like product management techniques and how we, how we like work on these really ambitious projects. And what we did was we, we then the team got together, we codified what we had to kind of figure it out. And we said, oh, this is pretty interesting. And so we used it to pitch this next company that we were talking to. And they were blown away. I and mean, it ended up being like actually amazing for me and for the company, for the consulting company, for me to have, have been asked to depart from this other company because the next project was like way bigger. And our what we had learned from the prior one was super useful. So it was one of these classic like door closes, window open kind of things, right? And it's, it's, that's been helpful for me to remember as I look at, at other challenges I face because it's really super common that like when you get through something, make sure you learn from it as best as you can, right? And so keep in mind that like there's other opportunities right around the corner. And think keeping like as positive as you can, right, is, uh, is really important. But it, it, um, it, was really, it was really impactful for me to like have made it through that and, and be more resilient as a result. And, uh, and then also see, oh, wow, like the next thing was even bigger. So I was kind of maybe at a local maximum and I'm closer to the global maximum. Yeah, definitely. Going off of that on the sort of positive note, yeah. can you tell me about your greatest accomplishment in your career? Gosh, this is a tough one. I, um, you know, I do think, like I said, I've, I've been working for a while, but I do think of my career as very young. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like... Next year, I'll tell you. Right? <laughs> well, it's um, easy to look forward. I mean, yeah. we're always looking for the next thing, but try and reflect on. <laughs> so, so one of the things I'm I'm really proud of is um, building on that sort of mentorship idea. We so with Brent Tresky, who I mentioned before, who I worked with at XO Group, he's now the head of product and vision. He and I launched something called the New York Product Conference together, and and what what what, what makes us so proud of this is it's sort of the culmination of everything we've learned about product management encapsulated in a conference and then we can pull on our career to get really great people in the door and then share what we've learned because we're facilitators of this right and then then make sure that all these other great leaders uh, share what they've learned with um, with with product leaders in New York City and so um, having built that up from like literally an idea four years ago to the last conference we had had I think 350 people at it and we actually got sponsors and like it was a real thing, right? Like we, we created this from scratch and, and we actually turned it into something legitimate. And so that's been really great. And, and, and like transparently connecting it back to my own personal career growth. I am now the person who runs the conference that has the test, 10 best product people in New York city. So I get a chance to like interact with them and learn from them. And hopefully someday I'll be on that list. Right. And so that's a pretty cool way to like connect to the way that I've been thinking about growing my career. And um, we had some amazing speakers. Sarah Bernard was the head of product at Jet, and she's like, just uh, through that, I've been able to like stay in touch with her and um, learn from her. And now I can like reach out to her. So if I'm trying to decide 
something in my career or in my job right now, I can just send her an email and, and she'll get back to me. And that's like, that's been an amazing uh, opportunity for me. Yeah. And for any product managers listening to this, you should definitely go. I've been the last two years and it's really go. a great event. NYproductconference.com. Thank you for letting me plug that. <laughs> So you've talked about some of the challenges you've faced in your career. And, you know, I'm curious to hear like what advice you'd want to pass on to others who, you know, are either facing challenges in the workplace you've already overcome yourself or maybe you've seen others overcome. Yeah, the, the, the one that comes to mind here is around being coachable, like I was mentioning before. I'll tell you a story about a, a woman that I worked with who um, I was her manager and she overcame a challenge. And so I'll, I'll try and describe that quickly. The the situation was she she was really smart and we we was well respected in the team, but had had some interaction patterns where like sometimes people say like her UI wasn't great and and in this case what it meant was when new ideas came along she sort of uh, overtly bristled at these new ideas and for a product manager that's a really tough uh, thing to have right and so um, she literally turned red and there was something that was that was surprising to her and so I had a choice as a manager where. You know, I've I've seen a lot of people not grow and develop, right? And so, first thing you you kind of your 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 intuition as manager is like, okay, well, they've maxed out in their career. That's that, right? Like, and 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 sort of move on to the next person, right? And so, I chose not to do that in this case, which I was in retrospect I'm happy with, right? Like, <laughs> the um, what ended up happening was I asked around, I got you know, did kind of three sixty degree feedback kind of thing, and I started to get a better sense of this and. Um, and I was able to articulate, hey, this is what's happening, right? Like, and so it was sort of diagnosing the problem. And, 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 I, and I asked her after describing this, has anyone ever said this to you before in your career? And she said, no, I've never heard this feedback before, which is amazing to me because like it was obvious to me and everybody else that we worked with, right? And so, so first of all, I was like, wow, like all these managers who you worked with let you down your whole career, right? Like this is clearly not something that just developed last year, right? Like, this is just a behavior pattern that, that is part of who she is, right? But nobody's ever talked to her about this. They never actually put the energy in to try and help her understand this and do better. I, I talked to her about it and she turned red, of course, right? Like <laughs> the, um, but, but she received the feedback really well, asked me some questions about it, tried to understand it a little bit more. And, and so over time, we committed to this sort of coaching approach and, and, and I gave her some ideas on how she could do a little bit better and, and make some changes and create the sense of openness, right, to new ideas. And uh, and pretty quickly, people started saying, hey, like, I don't know, something's changed. She seemed to be, like, really receptive to, to the way things are going. And and um, and she she we were able to parlay that into, like, more success in her role. And she got promoted to the next level pretty soon. And, and it was, like, it, it turned out to be this great result. And interestingly it was probably the most important result for me as well, because my boss said, Hey, we know that this person was talented. We thought that they were, they were not going to be able to turn the corner. You figured out how to get them to turn the corner. So we're evaluating you as a manager. You get high, really high marks by helping this person actually succeed and not having to go through the sort of year long journey of like, you know, having working them out and then bringing in somebody new. So like not actually taking the easy road on my end, and, 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 and actually working them out was a big success for me. And, um, and that was something that I wasn't, I was thinking about a little bit, right. But like, I wasn't, I was really thinking about what can, what can make a difference for this person. And so it turned out that it ended up being actually a really good result for me as manager as well. Yeah. That's a really great note to sort of, I guess, kind of end on. 
you know, thank you so much for your willingness and your excitement to be the first man on Boss Ladies. But I definitely want to open up the floor to you if you have any questions for me. Yeah, I, um, uh, again, I, I'm like so excited about this. It's really super cool. The, um, my mom and my wife and my daughter eventually are definitely going to listen to this. And, yes. and, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I hope, I hope a lot of people get the chance to learn from you. Um, the, uh, I, I'd be interested in hearing more about what ways you've seen men can be better allies. Yeah, I definitely have been really fortunate. I'm pretty early on in my career and I've had a lot of male allies really support me. So I'm all for male allies. I guess sort of two things I can think about off the top of my head. One is sort of in the day-to-day in meetings. I find it's really helpful when you, my, one of my co-work, coworkers, I'll give him a shout out. Kevin Green calls it like boosting. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes like some like females or women will say an idea It'll kind of get brushed under the rug. And then five minutes later, someone else will present that idea. Sometimes it's a man. And then people are like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. And so we call it boosting in the sense that if you hear a really great idea, taking that moment to be like, wow, so-and-so, that was a really great idea. Or back to so-and-so's point and sort of giving that due credit. I think that can be really helpful and just sort of recognizing when you hear a good idea, especially in a meeting. The second thing, and I'll give another shout out here. I've been lucky that... One of my managers was really great at this, Nick Coleman. Oftentimes I found that engineers would sort of question decisions I would make. And to do so, they would ask my manager and they would go to him. And what he did that was really great is he always just pointed them back to me, which really empowered me to make those decisions and actually got them to stop going to him to sort of second guess or question any of the decisions I was making. And he would just say, no, you know, ask Olivia and I would make the decision and he'd be like, great, then that's the decision. And that I found was really powerful. So those are sort of two things I can think of off the top of my head that I think are like really easy and great ways that men can be allies in the workplace. Yeah, that's super cool. And the second one, actually, it resonates with me because this kind of classic male attribute that I'll throw out is (laughs) we like to solve problems, right? And so someone presents us a problem, our instinct is to go and say, oh, I can help you solve that, right? Like I can solve that right away. And, And so what your what your boss was doing there, I think, was saying was was resisting that instinct to just try and go solve it and letting you do your job, right? Yeah. And like, of course, that's going to be better for them in the end. But sometimes it takes work to think about, okay, this isn't my job to just go solve this. Like, let's make sure that Olivia has a chance to do her job. And and then separately, you can talk about why that person's going to them, et cetera. Like, that's a problem to solve, right? Yeah. But like, that's focus on that problem, not on solving the immediate problem this person's brought to you. It's way better to be a manager that does that than. Uh, and just kind of perpetually lets people go over their, over their head. So that's really cool that they do that. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Anything else? No, I'm, I'm great. This is awesome <laughs> to talk to you. And uh, and hopefully it's helpful for people that a lot of energy for this topic. And, and I would love to see a lot more men out there being willing to put themselves forward as, as male allies. And I'll even say, like, let, let people know that they are feminists, which is what I am as well. Yeah, I love that. And I can't thank you enough again. This is really awesome. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom today, Dan. Check back soon for another episode of Boss Ladies.